looking for great prices on technology? At Harvey Norman, our specialist staff can help find the product that's right for you. We have all the biggest brands and latest technology in stock today, like the new Samsung Galaxy Chromebook. The slim design and long battery life make it the perfect fit for those on the go. Now, 349 saves 60 euro. Or hear every last detail with the Samsung Galaxy Buds Pro Earbuds. Now, 189 save 50 euro. Discover our huge range in store or online today. Harvey Norman, your technology specialists. The Hard Shoulder on Newstalk. With Nissan Subscribe and Drive. No deposit, no compromise, no fuss. Find out more at nissan.ie. I am delighted to say that joining me for the Thursday interview this week, legendary concertina player Noel Hill. Noel, you're very welcome to the show. Good man, Kieran. Thanks for that. Uh, we, we crossed paths probably during the night, like ships passing in the night as I was uh, uh, on my way to Galway yesterday. The show broadcast yes, from the Harbour yeah. Hotel. You were on your way to Dublin. I was, just in case I'd lose my way. I haven't been in Dublin for so long. You lived in thing. Dublin? I did. I came I came to do a, a gig in Tullamore uh, back in the 1970s. Late 1977, I think it was. Bulger's Hotel. Uh, it was a great, a great folk club run there. And it was a Thursday night. There was a bunch of lads down from Dublin and they wanted to, they came down for the gig. And they asked me, ah, come back to Dublin with us for the weekend, have a bit of crack in Dublin. And I did. And it took me 24 years to get out of Dublin. <laughs> I stayed and I had 24 wonderful years in, in this city. Well, it, it's not, I suppose, Dublin isn't where we might associate the type of music you're associated with. You know, we would probably yes. think of, of the west of Ireland and your native Clare. What did Dublin offer you? Well, you know, Kieran, uh, the, 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 the piping, the piping centre of gravity was actually Dublin. Was it? it, it yes, it was, yeah. The piping, you know, Seamus Ennis and all these people, the makers of pipes and Tommy Reck and all that. So Dublin was the place to be if you wanted to be a piper and, and piping needed maintenance and the makers that were left the few makers that were left were all uh, Dublin and East Coast. Uh, it is true, though, that our music, the traditional music, um, it, it's it's mostly associated with the, the houses of the west of Ireland. Mm. It's all over Ireland, but the houses of the west of Ireland where, you know, this was pre-concerts and pre-amplification, all of that, and our house in Caharay in West Clare was one house that we would house dances were held and locals would come in when the work was finished you know on the farm What was the house dance? House dance was where again it was just locals that uh, a house that was fond of music our house was big music house and my grandparents played and my granddads and so on and my parents played now of course a lot of people played but they were very busy with a big house full of children our house at home had a lot of bodies in it it was eight of us children and my grandmother and my father and mother so the house would be cleared out, uh, <coughs> various things would be brought in from the barn, like uh, planks of wood, and musicians local uh, would come in and play, and then you'd have dancing. And uh, there'd be some amounts of drink as well. <laughs> I, I wager there would. <laughs> and it'd be great, it would be a great occasion. And as I said, it, always, uh, it was always after work was done. You know, farming, you know, to survive, you had to... 
uh, you know, I know you're you're a Kilkenny man. You know? I am a Kilkenny man. Uh, yeah, there's where the hard shoulder comes from. <laughs> <laughs> the JJ Delaney. <laughs> no. Well, it's funny you mentioned JJ. I, I, as we were talking there, I remember I was lucky <laughs> enough to be in Croke Park in '95. So I remember oh. Anthony Daly's famous. Uh, you know, we like we love our traditional music in Clare, yeah. but we love That's our hurling also. Correct, and we cross cross pats that day as well. Yeah, because I was at that match, but. Um, there's a good few hard shoulders down around your country. Oh, there, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> there was, but, there was uh, that day too. Raised in, in that in in West Clare. And that of course is uh, you know, I also had this great opportunity to to uh, be in the same place, rub shoulders with the absolute giants. We didn't think of it so much at the time, but the giants of traditional music, you know, that had no commercial value as such, but uh, when you consider the the level of art that those people had. And I refer to particularly Willie Clancy. But you had Paddy Murphy, a great concertina player that I spent a lot of time with, used to go to his house, learned a lot of stuff from him, went out into the fields, made hay with him. And then when that was done, we came in, we had the tea and we played music. And, uh, you know, all the great players that were in that area. And there were concerts. And I was considered, uh, I had must have made some kind of a name for myself. I was only about 10 or 11. Mm. And I was asked to perform in all these local concerts in uh, parochial halls like Kilmaley and Lisa Casey and Ballier and so on. And at these, Tuna was another place just north of Venice. Willie Clancy would be at it, and Peter O'Loughlin and Paddy Murphy. And then there would be some big star of a player, a virtuoso player like uh, Sean Maguire, the, the fiddle player. He would be the star. The Willie Clancy's then would be the locals. Yeah. And I was the small lad. Yeah. You know, that's how a lot of these concerts were. The template was seemed to be. But it gave me, I was looking at these almighty musicians that uh, subsequently had a major impact on how I played, how I thought about music, how I phrased yeah. music. Um, all of that. It's funny. Roisin O was in with us a couple of weeks ago. Mary Black's daughter. Yeah. And she, she was yeah. talking about how she sang... Fields of Gold, the Ava Cassidy version of it, if you call it that. And it was her first time, and it was the first time that she realised, God, actually, I'm not bad at this. Can you remember a moment when you thought, do you know what, this is maybe, there's something more to this maybe than just playing in the odd parochial hall for me? Well, Kieran, I I don't actually remember. I remember being scared, being asked, and I always, I would question myself as a child, why, why am I getting this attention? You know, there's you know, these players would go out on stage, and I'd hear them playing stuff that, if I could only match, you know, two percent of that, you know, uh, I used to be I was nervous is the way, but it it did steal up my nerve though because I was, my mother put me out in those, you know, she never refused, she'd say, oh yeah, we'll bring him along, and uh, I had to do it, um, but it did when I look back now offer me that great opportunity. I don't know if I can ever remember a time when, mm. yeah. I'm this or that uh, about this. Uh, I, I just play music as a pure natural consequence of wh- what I am. I, I don't do it. Kieran, don't tell anybody this. But I'm <laughs> not a commercial animal at all. I just play the music that I want to play. No matter where, whether it's in Japan or America, I'm so privileged that I go out and I actually play the music without any of the commercial uh, kind of uh, injection of acceleration of in, in the tempo or anything like that. I just do what I want to do. And they seem to, but don't tell anybody that. Don't, don't tell anyone that secret. Keep, keep, keep it between us. If there wasn't a few bobbiners, would you still be doing it? I absolutely would. That, yeah. That's the way it is, you know. Yeah. I absolutely would. There is no, it's like the language, it's, uh, um, it just comes straight out. Why the concertina? 
Or how did that happen? Well, the day I went out, it was raining, Constantinus. I, when uh, there was eight of us in the uh, siblings in the house, I I was down at, uh, third from the end. Uh, an instrument with Constantine was bought. You see, my parents played. Yeah. But they gave it up. And like a lot of people gave up playing. They might only play occasionally because they were too busy with land and cattle and cows and and uh, farming and raising big families mm. and all that. But they would Was play. it a hard life? Sorry, we'll come back to the Constantine. Like, was it, was it a, a hard life? Was it subsistence farming? It would, certainly was. Uh, yeah. It was that, yeah. If you lost one animal uh, coming down to the winter time, or an animal went into a trench or a drain... That, that could have an impact on your your Christmas big time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It was, t- but no, everybody was the same. Yeah, and we didn't have any <clears throat> social media or any of the other things. We didn't have a TV. It was only later that we got a car, even you know. But life was simpler, and when I look back on it, it was it was happy. Yeah, you know, it was happy, but it was there was no uh, great uh, brabock, as my mother used to say, uh, around. Back to the concertina then, so that your parents were, were busy with all of this, were, so yeah. maybe weren't playing but they a huge could play. amount. They okay, could play, they could once play. I started, and there was an instrument bought, bought for one of my brothers, and uh, I, I remember him trying to work out a tune, and uh, having difficulty with it, difficulty with it, uh, God be good to my father, I used to always, I used to frequently give uh, an excuse to my father that I was sick on a Sunday morning and not go to Mass, uh, and he'd say, I'll stay in bed, so... And I don't know, did he ever figure out what <laughs> was going on? But I used did to he ever sti- believe you really? <laughs> I, not, I don't think. Well, <laughs> I certainly wouldn't as a parent. But anyway, <laughs> I uh, I used to steal to the concertina, take it down. I wasn't allowed to touch it, you see, because I was considered maybe I would break it. And it was bought for seven pounds ten shillings in Baker's shop in Ennis. It wasn't like when you think of it, it was it was cheap enough to buy. But anyway, uh, money wasn't that plentiful. I I snuck to that concertina one night. Uh, the tablecloth would come down about a foot from each side of the table. The instrument was in t- in the, on the table. My brother had been trying to play a tune. I picked up the instrument, stuck it under the table, onto my knee, and I started playing the tune that my brother was playing. And it just came straight out, but I had been at it in the quiet. And that's how I came out of the closet or out of it as a player at home. And my mother started looking around, who was playing that? And it was me. It was you. And from then on, I... I my mother taught me some tunes after that and so on. So. And was there a point where you kind of ever thought, uh, now is the time I have to go off and find a real job or a career? Yeah, or, well, or, I... Or was it always music as far back as you can remember? It was always music, but I, I got I got uh, some class of, uh, kind of a scholarship to, to study art, you know, uh, and go to Limerick. But I never did it. Uh, I was getting too many inquiries in for music. Uh, in my teenage years, I mean, I recorded back as a teenager. I recorded at the age of sixteen, uh, uh, fifteen, I think it was. My father had to sign had to sign for me because I was underage. Yeah. The contract with a guy called Philip Green here in Dublin. He was a big record man at the time. Uh, then the next album, again, I was just nineteen. I did a record, uh, you know, with Tony Lennon and various other musicians, Matt Malloy and these players, uh, Alec Finn, Michal O'Donnell. I was only a teenager at that time. So there was a lot of happening for me around the music. And I just had this fear that if I went to art college, that I would end up an art teacher. Like the teacher that I had in St. Flannan's, with lads throwing dirty cloths around the, <laughs> around the art room. And I said, I couldn't hack this. All the inquiries were coming in about the music. I don't think my, my mother ever forgave me for not going to the, taking up the money offer and going to college, study art. 
But anyway, I'm, I love art still, but I'm, I turned out to be a concertina player. Yeah, it turned out to be, and what a concertina player. Noel Hill is my guest. If you're just tuning into the hard shoulder, my guest this week, on the Thursday interview. So listen, you spent all this time in Dublin, came for a quick visit and stayed 24 years. What then sent you west of Ireland and to Connemara in particular? Well, I uh, I went through a marriage breakdown, a breakup. I then applied for custody of two small children. Now, that wasn't an easy task here on in the mid-1990s. A musician, a man, number one, because anecdotally, because the in-camera uh, uh, rule, the uh, anecdotally, it was less than 1% of fathers were getting custody of their children. Mm. And there is no way that 99% of fathers were bad. But that was the... Now, that, a lot the has changed about that same. Time, that yeah. was the culture. But I, I was indefatigable about how I approached it and I, I wanted to get custody to save my children, you know. And once I got custody... I now could decide where we lived. I always spoke Irish to them in Dublin. They both started off in Skolorkan in Monkstown. And once I got custody, I decided I'm heading west. I want the children to be native speakers of Irish. Mm. And I headed for Connemara. And why Connemara? I had a great uh, love for Connemara and still do. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I, I like the... Connaught out there uh, that uh, the Connemara was as a child my uncle God be good to him who gave me huge uh, um, assistance in the music he was a great friend of the great piper Willie Clancy so he he was the person who exposed me to huge amount of piping when I was uh, uh, a child but he also he was a school teacher in Dublin my father's brother he lived he came once he closed the school in Dublin Mm -hmm. got into the car drove straight down to his home place where he was born uh, for all the holidays, summer, Christmas, Easter. Yeah. And he had a motor car, which we didn't have. So he brought me around to all these players, but he also brought me to Connemara, myself and my sister. And then he'd deliver us back in summertime and he'd pick up two of my other siblings and bring them there. So, uh, and he was a great uh, speaker of Irish. He had a huge knowledge of the language. And I just was walking along small little roads in Connemara and there were people standing in fields, digging and putting, making, you know, make, uh, doing garden work, you know, yeah. spuds, etc. And he would stand and I, I'd look up at him and he was speaking a language. And of course, then when I met Seamus Ennis and all these great players, they all, it, it became clear to me that one of the main foundation stones of the music was the language. Yeah. And, and the landscape, like the... I, the landscape as well in Connemara. I, I would imagine if you asked people to paint a picture of Irish music mm, yeah, as a landscape, they would paint Connemara. Yes, yeah, and in West Clare. And there was, they weren't dissimilar, you know. It was poor land, you know, more rocks in Connemara. But there was also great, in West Clare, it was, uh, the land wasn't great either, you know. Mm. Uh, it is, uh, it's true to say that, um, yeah, the language... Uh, obviously has survived when you think back in history to Hell or to Connacht and all, all in these in these poor areas of Ireland and Kerry and so on and so forth uh, very west County Clare west Galway up along west Mayo west uh, Donegal that's where the land was poor that's where the language survived yeah and then so you, you bring the kids you've got custody of the kids how yeah. old are they at this time? 
Um, the Sean, I think, was in senior infants. Okay. And Ashling would have been in first class. Okay. Okay. So they're kind of six, yeah. five, six, seven territory. Um, what we, happened in Connemara? What happened? What happened? Because things didn't work out. Uh, well, the way you you're hoped. referring to the assault on me. Yeah. Yeah. Kieran, number one, that so- assault doesn't define me. I want to make that very clear. Yeah. What defines me is the is the music and what I stand for as a musician. However, the it was a nightmare. It was. Uh, what what was done to me left me fighting for my life. It has left me with profound injuries that uh, I have to live with every minute and hour of the day since. Uh, it it was it had, it it was a tragic turn of events. Um, what year is this? Back in nineteen uh, sorry two thousand and eight, okay. going into two thousand and nine. That Christmas yeah. is when I was assaulted, and uh, you know. Um, it, as I said, had a pro- profound effect on me physically and mentally. And along with that, there was a seven-year period of waiting for justice. And waiting, and that's a denial of justice for seven years. And the, the irony of it all is that the Irish language was the cause of the delay. Explain that. Explain that. What happened? Well, I can explain it to you. My case was hitched to another case, a very serious assault case uh, uh, of an individual back, I think it was Russ uh, Muck or Bela Dangan, I think it might have been actually. But anyway, the two cases were hitched together. It went all the way, it went to the High Court, went to the Supreme Court, where the defendant was asking for the jury members to be native or speakers of Irish, fluent mm. speakers of Irish. Up to then, it had never been tested in the... Uh, in the, in the in the courts since the foundation of the state, and I think also another aspect of it was that Connemara would be uh, would be cut out from the other parts of Ireland uh, as a judicial area from which jury selection could take place. Yeah, I mean it's an absurd concept. Yeah. But then you have you have legal houses and solicitors who come up with all of these ideas. They can delay justice, and the the Gardaí at the time told me that. Delaying justice is always in the favour of the defendant because a vital witness might, might be in Australia or might be dead or you might be dead. Yeah. And, you know, delayed for as long. And it cost the taxpayer an enormous amount of money to bring this case through the, through the High Court and onto the Supreme Court where it was obviously turned down. And at that cost to the, to the taxpayer is a crime on the people. But let me say this much. A further crime is on the language, the Irish language or first language. And a further crime on top of that is it pissed on the Irish constitution. It was an absolute uh, insult to Bunrachs Nehairn using it in such a way. And yeah. another irony for you is that a, a relation uh, connected to my father, a man called Michal Griefa from the very same townland that I come from, Caire, Caire in West Clare, he was the man chosen by de Valera to translate the Irish constitution, which ha- happened to be drafted in English. But, yeah. the, but the official document is the document translation by Ogriffa. Yeah. Yeah, the official version is the Irish it's one. The Irish version. There's the odd word where yeah. there's slightly different meanings yeah. and the Irish word is the word that... Well, there's a very matters. large uh, volume of material that accompanies Bunrach Nehair. And I actually have a copy of, mm. well, an older copy of it. It's quite a small document. But the documents that accompanied that um, to 
indicate or explain every single word in the Constitution in every single possible context yes. is quite a voluminous uh, piece of work. He did all of that. And the irony is what I mentioned, that I went for the language and that was... So it's an insult to the Irish people in so many ways. And, you know, there was a film done on my life. Part of that, Kieran, obviously dealt with the assault case. Yeah. And uh, it was very difficult for me to do. I didn't, you know, I didn't ask for it to be done. But when I agreed to, to do it, it was going to be raw and it was going to be honest. And that's exactly the way it, what it is. And my, it was very tough on my children to watch it afterwards. The raking up of a lot of tragedy, you know. But I want to say this much, because it has been said to me, and the, the rumour machine when you're out, down in rural Ireland, and particularly in West Galway and Connemara, it, is, it can be vicious yeah, yeah. And, and destructive. And I have been a victim of a very serious rumour machine down there. But it has been said, uh, you know, that... Um, I was against the Connemara people in the presentation of on that film, yeah. Ashling Gare, Broken Dreams. I wasn't. My best friends are in Connemara. I would defend them to the to the end. My greatest friends in this world are in Connemara, and I love Connemara. Yeah. But what happened to me didn't happen in West Dublin. It didn't happen in West Waterford or yeah. West Clare or West anywhere else. It happened in West Galway. And you have to be honest about it. And that. I was honest. Yeah. And I, I only last two weeks ago, a man said to me, "Oh, you were, you were, you were rough and you know, you were very negative about the Connemara people in that film." And I asked him, "Did you see it?" Uh, no, but I, I felt <laughs> okay. a tour. Uh, I heard, yeah. I heard about it. That's you know, way, yeah. you know what I'm yeah. talking about. I know you say it, it doesn't define you. The music defines you. For, for a couple of years after the attack, it probably did define you, did it? Well, I couldn't play. Yeah, uh, for a long period. I also had the head injuries affected my memory big time and I had difficulty with with uh, recalling tunes however it was the best thing I could do with my memory yeah. the music seemed to have a little corner in my head that worked better uh, I had much more difficulty with language particularly on the telephone and I tried I, I tried all sorts of tricks to yeah. to hide it you know and a lot of people didn't realise that I was going through this but I went through all sorts of very you know my depression hit me big time uh, and, and as a single parent, you know when you, Sean was about eleven at the time, and Ashley was was three years older, and I was their sole uh, carer, and here I was in hospital fighting for my life, you know. Yeah. Um, there's a great woman in Carrow and her, her, her husband, uh, Pat Larkin and Galisa. They took in my children and looked after me, after them for me. And at least when I came around, I realised that's where the children were. Yeah. And the children weren't allowed to see me for uh, for any of the period while I was in hospital. Actually, I was the next time they saw me was when mm. I was actually out hospital because I was in poor condition. Does it affect you to this day? Of course. In what way? Uh, I still have terrible. Um, um, I I get uh, fear comes in out of nowhere in an unexpected way. Yeah. Is it getting better? Yes, I would. Okay. I think so. Yeah. I, I think I think uh, absolutely it's getting better. Uh, uh, Post traumatic stress disorder is a long process. There's no cure for, uh, such for it that mm. I know that I've been told about, but. Uh, 
time. You know, they, they talk about time cures everything. It does not. Time only just pushes the thing. It's still hiding there under some rock, you mm. know. Uh, and some, as I said, some expected, unexpected thing can bring up a horrible feeling. But I, I took the, I, I, I had the counselling and I took the medication uh, for the depression. And thank God I'm still here and I have my faculties. That was the one worry. Yeah. You know, I was easily the the surgeon that did all the surgery on me said that he had patients that had one impact and he lost them. Yeah. And I had, he said, you have had multiple impacts to your head and you survived it. So he said, you're unusual to survive it. But it was just lucky I didn't, the crucial spot wasn't hit. Well, as unconscious, you said, it doesn't define you. You don't want it to define you. So before you go, let's talk about music again. Yes. Nor do I want it also that, as I just said, my great friends are in Connemara and I love Connemara. And yeah. It hasn't, it hasn't diminished in that in one single bit and my love for the language and all the people down there that I go fishing with and go out in boats with they all know but they also know that I was blackguarded big time yeah well, what's coming up next then on the, the the music scene for you as we come out of ah, come lockdown and Covid <laughs> and everything else where have you been hiding <laughs> what's going for, for a musician <laughs> we're waiting waiting still we're just waiting I don't know have you got a date in the calendar where you think uh, no I do I'll not I'll be doing something I, on that I'd, date I hope that we would be, uh, you know, the, we have a, a concertina crinue, they call it, in Milton Malbay. That's happening in September. I hope that the vaccine rollout and the very, that we'll be able to, well, it's going ahead, but uh, I hope it will go ahead in some kind of a normal on the street way. Yeah. Uh, but as musicians, my last gig was the 6th of March, 2020. We were just going into the concert hall, I think a couple of weeks later to do a concert yeah. which was cancelled and I've had no gigs since except right. for an one online concert I did Well listen I hope you're not waiting too long Noel for the next gig I yeah. hope and I think uh, Noel Hill and Tony Lennon is going to be my soundtrack to the drive home I think this <laughs> evening it'll have to be absolutely Great. Listen a pleasure speaking to you and thanks a million for coming in. Ah, uh, not at all. Thank you, Kieran. No, Garbilla. Listen, Noel Hill, the well-known, famous, legendary concertina player. My guest this week in the Thursday interview. And not to worry, you can listen back uh, to this interview in full. It will be up very soon over the News Talk app, powered by Go Loud. <laughs>